Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. said, and it is my pleasure to bring you this show each and every week uh, with people who are on the front lines of helping make the world a better place by working with the mind, body, and spirit. We interview authors, we interview um, musicians, artists, all kinds of different people who are, you know, basically tuned in to a different frequency, and, um, and we just applaud and give thanks for the format of this radio that is made possible through the internet because we reach so many different people all over the world and we know you're listening because we get the stats. So I'm going to just um, do my quick announcement front end. We have a two-hour show this evening. We will be hearing about the Bhakti Fest um, for the first uh, hour from 7 until 8 and then afterwards Sunny Dawn Johnston will be uh, joining us and talking about the new national show uh, featuring different mediums throughout the U.S. So um, the only announcement that I really have to make is that um, if you would like to be added to our email list, which is sacrosanct, we do not sell it um, in any way, shape, or form, but we do allow other people to promote their events all over the U.S. and into Europe with um, you know, different conferences and different books, etc., that are available uh, to our audience. So uh, if you want to be added to our Sacred Saint email list, please send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com. And then we will let you know when the weekly radio show happens, when the new magazine is online, etc. Okay, so that is the, the, the close of the announcements, and we will just go seamlessly through the show. Um, we're going to start with the Bhakti Fest. So Sridhar, are you there? Okay, my producer will let me know when he arrives. Um, I'm just going to give you just a little bit of information about Bhakti Fest um, that I know of. I know about Bhakti Fest Midwest, but it originated in uh, on the West Coast. And when um, my guest arrives, and we'll uh, let him tell you a little bit about that. But Bhakti Fest has been uh, likened to the Woodstock of the new millennium. It's um, the spiritual Woodstock, shall we say, and. It's just an amazing collaboration of people um, coming together, and uh, there is yoga, there uh, is sound healing, there's a breathwork uh, room, there uh, the musicians are what it's really all about. Is you know, yes, it's about yoga, yes, all the other things, and to be in a room with 250 to 300 people with. Um, with a yoga teacher like uh, David Saul Ray is just fabulous, but and it is. I mean, you just can't even imagine. Um, but really, it's the it's the coming together of the different people with the consciousness of like mindedness. Um, I mean, it, they draw from you know when I was there two years ago. Um, I think there were like 15 different states represented. So um, so Nate is my guest here yet. Okay. Uh, no, not, not yet, Cindy. 
Okay, and I do not have my cell phone in hand, so if you would email me when he arrives, that would be um, delightful. Well, one okay, of the other so things I'm, we one of the other things I'm we can do is we can play the Ganesh. Uh, I'm just afraid he'll come in right in the middle. <laughs> well, that's his fault for he's late. <laughs> no, no, it's not his fault. He's one of the busiest men I've ever met, so let's not say that. Okay. At any rate, so the so Bhakti Fest, I'm going to keep talking until he arrives. Um, the Bhakti Fest is a combination of kirtan, yoga, and conscious community, which is what I was saying. It's the configuration of people coming together. And I can remember many years ago, Deepak Chopra saying we've moved way past synchronicity and we are now into synchrodestiny. And um, I'm going to name just a few of the people that will be um, at this at the Midwest Bhakti Fest. And the dates, by the way, are um, in June, June 20th through 22nd, and it's in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, on Willow Island uh, at the Alliant Energy Center. So Krishna Das, okay, the first time I saw Krishna Das was actually in St. Louis, uh, which is where I live. Excuse me, and there were over 500 people crammed into the Ethical Society, and I don't even know how we fit that many in there, but there we were, and um, I experienced Krishna Das. I'd heard his music before, but that was the first time I heard him live, and then I had heard, of course, of Saul David Ray. He's known throughout all the different yoga communities throughout the world, and um, he is just fabulous, and I had uh, broken my leg in 2012, and I was still in a leg brace when I went to, to Bhakti Fest, and I didn't care. I was with a cane, et cetera, and I was able to somehow get down on the floor, which was the first time I'd been on the floor since I'd fractured my leg. And, you know, in this room with over 250 people, I think there were close to 300, doing yoga uh, underneath his guidance, and his assistant just came and just did a couple of different, you know, suggestions with the movement, not even talking, just, putting my body, you know, he comes and positions your body and then all of a sudden there you are in a whole different posture and it's just, you can feel yourself, your whole body open. Um, the Guru Ganesha Band will be playing and we will be hearing uh, from them at the end of this interview. Govinda Das, Radha, Eric Paschal, um, David Newman who is known as Durgadas, the Wild Lotus Band, uh, Sean Johnson, Brenda McMorrow. Um, we're going to be having the Householders Band, who they are a new um, a new group to join uh, Bhakti Fest. This is their first time being there, and they will be coming on um, at about 7:20 uh, this evening. So we'll have three different representations. Um, I am going to give you the website. It's bhaktifest.com, which is B H A. K-T-I-F-E-S-T dot com. And um, there is a, a $50 off promo code from Spirit Seeker. It's Seeker14. You can use that and get $50 off, which, um, you know, it's nice to have the discount, but I'm going to tell you something. It's worth every penny of investment, energy, and effort to get uh, to the Bhakti Fest because it heals your heart. It works with all the different chakras in your body. By the time you're finished chanting and being in the presence of this many people who are raising the roof with consciousness, it's you know just absolutely beyond belief off the charts. So um, I am thinking, Mr. Nate, that we will go ahead and um, switch 
actually, I'll just keep talking, and then I'm going to um, email the householders and bring them on a little bit early, earlier, because I know that um, Sridhar is extremely beyond belief busy. But um, while I'm doing that, I do want to, uh, I remember from my last interview two years ago with Sridhar that um, he was part of the original Woodstock uh, that happened so many years ago and he and his friends were the ones who put it together and at the very last minute they said okay they were reviewing everything and uh, they were saying okay did we forget anything do we have everything Um, and one of the people I don't know if it was Sridhar or who it was but uh, the suggestion was made but wait a minute we don't we had we didn't invite a yogi in to bless um, to bless Woodstock. We need to have someone bless us. So they actually brought a yogi in from India um, to bless Woodstock. Now think about that. That was a long time ago, and then here we are now with Bhakti Fest. The only thing that is, you know, even similar to this is the Bhakti Fest that is out west in Joshua Tree, California, and of course that's the. It started there, and then Sridhar had the vision of bringing it to the Midwest and. Uh, as many people know, the Midwest is known as the heart chakra of the country. So there you go. And um, I, uh, I had the, the pleasure, as I said, of experiencing Bhakti Fest two years ago. And I just there, there's just absolutely no way to describe um, the transcendence that happens um, from from this energy of this of this Bhakti Fest. Okay, so. Um, Nate, we will we will go ahead and um, I'm getting the householders on now, and they will be calling from a 917 area code. Uh, and okay, would you like me to just play okay. one of their tunes while we're waiting for them? Yeah, that actually would be nice. So this will give you a, a taste of the householders. I don't want to say too much until you actually um, until they come onto the call, but they are like this. Um, phenomena out of New York and um, so let's hear one of their songs and then we'll go from there alright this is track one stand up so here we go okay <laughs> Shankara Suvana Pavani Nandana Shankara Suvana Pavani
So let's see. Wow, when did when did this all start? I think this must have started. I think this all really began about. This must have started about three or four years ago. Um, David Goddard, uh, one of the other members of the householders, and uh, Zach Ketterhagen were working together on a kind of a project. Um, David wanted to figure out how to integrate 
um, dance music um, and electronic music uh, with with kirtan, and also integrate uh, Zach's uh, spoken word, um, Zach's rapping, which you which you might have heard in in uh, um, Ganapati, which I which you were just playing. Um, and so um, they started to work together. Um, uh, I then visited the institute. Um, I think to uh, now Zach is also my my brother-in-law, <laughs> so I was oh, just visiting. Funny. Yeah, yeah, I was, I'm married to Zach's sister, um, and I visited the Institute, I think, um, for, it was, you know, Thanksgiving to hang out with, uh, with Zach and Crystal and see my, see my, my one nephew at the time. They, they currently now have two. Um, and David said, hey, I've got this thing happening. What do you think about it? You know, could, can we, would it be cool for us to work together? And I heard it, and I was like, yes, this is great. Um, and I, I, so I think it kind of started with, uh, the three of us, and not long after that, we realized the source of our uh, of the kirtan um, was uh, that that Nima Nima Nayar uh, was uh, was interested in in sort of being that foundation for us, um, and so she started to supply some of the vocals. Um, and so uh, songs for Kali uh, came out. We we sort of worked back and forth. I visited the institute. Uh, David and, and and Nima and Zach came out to New York a couple times. And through um, through that process, we basically came up with the first CD called Songs for Kali, uh, and that came out early 2013, and that was sort of the the first iteration of of the householders. Now there's currently five of us. Um, it is is the four of us: um, myself, David, Zach, Nima, and now we have uh, the wonderful uh, Jalen Green um, came uh, came on board uh, last summer. Um, we were performing at Sukava Day. And um, and we actually heard her. Um, she was kind of interested in just getting getting involved in kind of a different project than she had been doing. And uh, we had heard her during one of the fireside sort of uh, exposés at the end of the night after everything had already died down. People would kind of retire to to the fire and start a fire, gather around, pass around the guitar, and uh, she just had this beautiful voice. And uh, I actually, so what I, I what I actually did is I, I I recorded her in secret, and then I, I and I played it for for David, and uh, and Zach and the rest of the band, and everybody was like, okay, so we need to have a talk with Jalen, and we did, and she she agreed to sort of start working with us a little bit, um, maybe you know on an experimental basis, and as we just continued to work together and got to know each other, she was a you know a full member, very quickly shortly after that. So, uh, so now it is the five of us, and what you hear on stand up is a collaboration basically between the five of us. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Pray. 
Namaste Nation. Let's see. How did that one start? That one, I believe, started with um, with Zach's spoken word, and uh, and Zach's uh, Zach sort of came up with a chorus and a guitar part for that. Um, and, it, and it all sort of evolved out of that. Um, once he was finished with, uh, once he sort of put that down and that was solidified, uh, we recorded it, and then we had um, we had Jalen uh, add some some backing vocals. Um, because she was, it, she happened to be there at the institute while we were while we were doing it, while we were recording, um, and so that added, a, of course, a ton to the song. And there is uh, that was an originally an acoustic uh, a tune where it was really just sort of a simple drum beat and then an acoustic guitar. Um, but uh, because uh, I think we sort of wanted this album to be a little bit more uh, dance focused, um, we went ahead and added some. Uh, well, we added some crazy electronic beats. Is basically what we did. Um, so I, uh, I sort of, uh, I went in, um, uh, thought about what it might need. Um, and he just collaborated perfectly. <laughs> and we, co- yeah, exactly. We, and we, and we collaborated. I, I sort of took what it was originally, I think, uh, I was in front of a microphone and I was just sort of thumping on my chest and, uh, and hitting the floor for like the snare and the, uh, and the kick drum. Um, and then I actually mixed in, you know, an actual sort of like a drum machine on top of that. So you get this sort of organic electronic feel, uh, and that's mm. what you're hearing. Okay, so Phil, I'm going to have you stay on the call, but I'm going to go ahead and bring uh, Sridhar on. Sridhar, how are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing fabulously. And, you know, I filled the airtime uh, until we had everyone here together with describing my experience of BhaktiFest the first time uh, two years ago when you brought it to the Midwest. And, by the way, thank you very much. <laughs> so, so, you know, I would love for you to give, like, the conception. I, I mentioned that you were part of Woodstock and that, you know, because um, I remember this from the interview two years ago and how at the last minute when you were, like, checking everything over to make sure you had everything that was, you know, with the conception of, of that event, then someone said, well, we don't have anyone blessing Woodstock. And so the, the Bhakti Fest has been likened to the spiritual Woodstock. And I'd just love for you to share anything you want to share about how it all began and where, where you see it going. I mean, it's just whatever you want to share. Well, that's a great story because I'm always asked to tell that story a lot. But uh, <clears throat> I didn't actually produce the Woodstock event. Uh, I just produced a segment with Swami Satchitananda there. And uh, I was very good friends with Audie Kornfeld and Michael Lang at the time. Uh, the, they were the producers of, of Woodstock. And we used to hang out a lot, and they used to say to me, uh, <clears throat> what do you think is missing And uh, with the plans? And I said to them, well, you know, you have all the great uh, and to be great uh, musicians coming, 
but you don't have the spiritual element. You're not dealing with anything on the spiritual level. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, we need to invite some personality that could give an invocation and bless everybody. So uh, they said, okay, you produce that particular segment. So I went back and I was studying actually with Swami Satsidananda. I was one of his top teachers in New York City at the time. And uh, I invited Swami. He agreed to come and we flew him up by helicopter. And um, you actually see a lot of this in the director's cut of Woodstock movie. A helicopter landing, he gets out of the helicopter, and we're talking and having a little satsang there in the grass, and uh, then it's time to bring him on the stage. You see me wa actually walking him up on the stage uh, with Artie Kornfeld, and right there is Richie Havens. Uh, now, the original act that was supposed to go on in Woodstock freaked out when they got up, up on the stage. Uh, the name was never revealed to anybody, but the original act, came on and they looked at the crowd and they got so freaked out that they ran away <laughs> and hid in the bushes. <laughs> well, it would be daunting. Can you imagine? And, and, yeah. and then you've got, you, you've double whammed it, not double, you've totally, you know, amplified it with the blessing. <laughs> so. yeah. Then actually what happened then is they, it was delayed. That's why there was a big delay on the opening of the Woodstock and they had to get, uh, <clears throat> They had to get Richie Havens. They pulled Richie Havens up on the stage, and uh, he was tuning up his guitar when we walked on the stage. And interesting, I said to him, uh, you know, I was very young at the time, so uh, and I was very brash as, as well, and it didn't matter. I went up and said, oh, Richie, we don't have anybody introducing uh, Swami Satchitananda. Could you possibly do that? He looked at me to say... I was like, kid, what are you, crazy? He was already sweating. Richie had a habit of sweating very much. And uh, <laughs> sweat was pouring off of him, and he was just warming up on the back of the stage. It was hilarious. So we got Shipmunk, the announcer, to announce Swami. He came out there, and he made this beautiful invocation, just really, really sweet. And after it was finished, we were standing there looking at the audience in, in the back. And uh, he said, oh, this is so wonderful that... We're bringing India to uh, the United States, and the people can feel the spirituality uh, in this gathering, in this moment here. And I said, someday, Swami, we're going to gather everybody together and uh, chant the names of God. And uh, that's where the original idea came to me. And 40 years later, in 2009, we started our first bhakti. Oh my goodness! Isn't it just you know? It's just amazing how the seed is planted, and then when it's ready to germinate, there it is. But you know, you were part of this whole energy from the very beginning. Yeah, but you can't. The thing I tell a lot of people is, you have an idea and you have a concept. You have to just go for it, and you don't have to have any fear about failure or success because if your intention is pure and your intention is good and you're coming from a good space, then regardless, you will always succeed. Uh, and success is not measured by uh, the amount of money you make or the fame that you uh, get accorded. Uh, your success is measured on what you do for humanity and how you serve people. I, you, that's very eloquent and beautifully, beautifully said. And, and that's the energy of what you have created with BhaktiFest. I mean, I mean, how in the world? I mean, the first time I interviewed you, of course, I had not experienced it. And, you know, and I had my idea of what it would feel like. But there was just nothing like 
being there from morning until night. And then there's the after party. And I had the broken leg at that time, so I didn't go to the after party. But a, a lot of other people did. So, I mean, it's morning. I am not exaggerating, listeners. It is from the morning you start, and I came, uh, it was my birthday, June 29th is my birthday, so it was like, you know, the best birthday present I could have had, and we we started in the morning, and, and it went until like after midnight, it was just, I, I can't even imagine what it's like for you to work with all of the different people coming together, I mean, what, what are some highlights of some of the different Bhakti Fests for you? Actually, uh, the Midwest is getting away easy, because when it comes to the Bhakti Fest West in uh, September, we pretty much go 24 hours for like at least three, four days. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Darshan all night long. (laughs) That's exactly right. And actually in the Midwest, after we finish Sunday night, Monday we're driving to Chicago to be with Amaji, the Hugging Saint, for three days at her ashram outside of Chicago. So it's going to be a fabulous week for everybody who's coming to Madison and then from there go right out to see Amma. You know, I had never met Amma. I first heard of Amma back in the early 90s, but and she was on my altar, and she helped me, you know, with helping my mom cross over. I mean, she was there every bit of it. But when I went straight from Bhakti Fest to Amaji, you know, two years ago, all I can tell you, I couldn't kneel because, you know, I'd fractured the knee and the ankle. So I'm in the little chair, and she, and I envisioned this, this um, situation of her giving you her, giving you her full attention. But instead. She's like, I felt like she was like Shiva with arms going in every direction, and she's, you know, I just had never felt anything like it. She kept pulling me in deeper and then reminding me, Mudra, Mudra, the mother, and then pulling me in, and then she was talking to this person and talking to that person. I've never seen anyone multitask at that high of a frequency ever in my life. She's the master of all that. Because, you know, she has people coming from all over the world, and her charities. Uh, are spread all over the world, and she's uh, donating so much time and monies to helping the poor and re- re- reconstructing villages and uh, just bringing clean water and hospitals uh, to very many places worldwide and medical care, which most of, you know, she has problems with the Indian government because she does more for the people than the Indian government. They don't like that. They have to say to her, oh, calm down, slow down a little bit, you know. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't tell me what to do, you know. And she just goes ahead and does it, you know. Right. I mean, I just, I just know that here I am in the middle of her bosom, and she just kept pulling me in deeper, and it was like totally into her heart. And I, I mean, even talking about it now, I'm just, you know, it. but the whole thing that is created – you know, with Bhakti Fest and then, you know, the Chicago Amachi Fest right after. It's just magical how you, you support and bring that all together. Well, you know, I've been with Amma for a long time. I, I was one of the first people to bring it to Southern California, and uh, I've always supported her work, and uh, I was with her when there were 22 people in my, my living room. <laughs> and uh, wow. now, now there's millions of people all over the world, and she is a big inspiration uh, for me, uh, I'm doing this kind of work. She always blesses it. It's, it's a funny story I have. Uh, in, on Sunday nights, uh, we uh, at the end of the show, around 9 o'clock, we invite all the artists and yoga teachers up on the stage, and we do uh, around an hour, an hour and a half uh, of Maha Mantra, uh, the Hare Krishna Mantra, which is uh, one of the most powerful mantras, purportedly to be the most powerful mantra of all. Um, 
not associated with any uh, individual group. It's the Hare Krishna mantra, which is the Krishna mantra, uh, as opposed to being uh, associated with any group, so to speak. So it's the, it's the Maha mantra, and uh, everybody takes a turn at that. And actually, I, I get a chance to uh, sing with a lot of the performers and dance and uh, get out on the stage and just have a good time and let out some of the energy that has been just devoted to being working and holding space for the whole couple of weeks uh, beforehand and Sunday night at the Shakti Fest which we just had around two three weeks back uh, I was doing that and they hand me a, a basket of flowers and I just throw them out into the audience and throw them on, on, on everybody you know and it's just a way of appreciating everybody right actually Amma does that at the end of what's called the Devi Baba where the last night in each one of the cities she goes to around the country she goes to around ten cities on her tour She's in the form of the goddess Devi, uh, and it's a very, very quiet, deep mood. It's the mood of the of the Bhav, B-H-A-V, and it's very exquisite and very delicate. And that after she sits for 20 hours hugging, she comes to the edge of the stage. People come across in front of her, everybody who's left, and she throws these flower petals right on them, right? So... I, I don't do it in any way associated with that, you know. But somebody thought that I did, and so they they just brought it up, a picture of me doing that, and they brought it up to Alma when she was in the San Francisco Bay Area to sort of like say, oh, look at what Shrita is doing. Alma said, fantastic. How wonderful that he's doing that. It's a great blessing that he's able to do that, and more people should do that. That was her response. Because that's where she is. She's in heart space. Heart space is a higher frequency than any of us can like. I mean, we can we can dream, right? <laughs> but that's right. but you're you know, I mean, and, and of course you would just know that you're continuing to bless more and more people, and that's what it's all about. And I really, I just you know, love that you uh, have brought this to the Midwest. You know, the West Coast and East Coast get a lot of things that the Midwest, you know, just doesn't get. And I mean, I was there when when uh, the the close. Of the ceremony happened two years ago, and and then you had all the different states. You know, I think there were like fifteen or sixteen states. It wasn't just a Midwest gathering. I mean, there there were people from all over that you know. And I don't know. I mean, you know, we we ha- we need to to. Um, play the Guru Ganesha pre-recorded in a couple moments but so we have a couple more moments and um and the householders you know we heard some of their music front end um and they're new to Bhakti Fest so all I can tell you Phil that's still there is you guys are in for an amazing surprise this is the first time they're going to be joining us and we're looking forward to hearing their music and uh having their association you know this is Krishnadasa's only Midwest appearance and we also have a really great Swami from Mumbai, Radnath Swami, who wrote the book, uh, The Journey Home, and he is fantastic. He's going to be doing four workshops in the Kirtan, and it's going to be a very exciting three days. And actually, it's five days when you include the fact that the day before we start, uh, Sean Johnson is coming up from New Orleans to teach a very intimate uh, uh, yoga intensive, and that's going to be like five hours on Thursday. And for a very limited, small crowd of like maybe 40 people that have registered for that. And the day after, on Monday, Sal David Ray is flying out also to also do the same thing. So we have a wonderful uh, wonderful weekend with Ragini is coming in from Milwaukee and Michael Cohen uh, 
you know, we have a lot of friends coming, Devgadas and Govindas and Radha, Brenda McMorrow is flying in from Canada, so it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Well, you have the set and the setting, and you have the heart space, and it's just, you know, I, I just thank you, you know, from my heart to your heart, and, I, you know, it, it's interesting, you'll, you'll, you all will hear Guru Ganesha in a moment, but... Um, and I, you know, I said it's just, it's so healing, you know, to be in the energy of the Bhakti Fest. And he said, oh, I mean, he just says, you know, it heals your heart. So, and it does, it heals you on all levels. And so so thank you, thank you from my heart to your heart. And uh, thank you, Phil, for, for joining us. And now we're going to hear Guru Ganesha, who, by the way, I have to tell you, that that gentleman is extremely busy. And he squeezed this interview in while he was, in Europe, like in the middle of everything, I think he had four hours sleep, and he—that's how devoted and you know understanding the flow of all of this. So I just you know I'm just grateful to to everything and everyone that you're doing. And uh, remember, it's BhaktiFest, B-H-A-K-T-I Fest dot com, and everything is there. And there's a an article in Spirit Seeker, um, and you can use the Spirit Seeker codes, uh, which is Seeker fourteen. But as I told you, it's worth every penny. Get your groups together. Get there. All right. Any last words here, sweetheart? Thank you so much. And I love Guru Ganesh. He's an old buddy of mine. We go back a long time. And he's going to be rocking it out on Friday night from 10 o'clock to midnight. And we look forward to seeing him and you and everybody else, the householders. And everybody come out and have a great time. We, we, okay. we're, here, we're here to take care of you. Okay. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. And now stay tuned. Thank you. And you will hear the the, the, the final portion of this interview, and then we'll go straight into the second hour. Okay. Thank you so much. Namaste, gentlemen. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And it is my divine pleasure to bring this show to you each and every week where we interview luminaries and people working in the light to make the world a better place. We interview uh, authors, musicians, uh, people who are doing healing techniques, you name it, if they're on the front grounds of making the world a better place and bringing more light and love, we are there with them and we want to share that with everyone else. So tonight, um, it is my pleasure to bring a group of people together um, and you'll be hearing from different people throughout the show. Uh, but this is all about the Bhakti Fest, which is going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, on Willow Island on June 21st and 22nd. You can see, read about it in Spirit Seeker at BhaktiFest.com, which is B-H-A-K-T-I-F-E-S-T, is where most of the information is. If you go through the Spirit Seeker magazine, there's a code where you can get a discount on your tickets. Now, here's the wonderful thing. This, uh, this Bhakti Fest started in Joshua Tree, California. And the, you'll hear, be hearing in a little bit about the founder who um, came up with this idea. And it, it's compared to the Woodstock of the modern day. 
um, except that it's not drugs and alcohol are getting people high. It's the absolute transcendence from the music, from the chanting, from the raising of the vibration in so many other ways. So one of the groups that are performing is the um, Guru Ganesha Band, and I have the pleasure of having Guru Ganesha on the line. So are you there? Yes, I am, Cindy. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, so what are you? what is going on? I mean, I, I listen to your schedule, and you're incredibly busy. Most of the musicians um, that I attempted to bring together for this, I mean, is it busier for you than ever, or am I just imagining that? No, I feel like we've moved into the Aquarian age, kind of a, a period on the planet where people of consciousness, of loving awareness are moving into and, uh, you know, very significant positions uh, positions of leadership, even politically. I think we're going to see people of consciousness, uh, you know, taking on leadership roles because I think we're moving in the direction where there's going to be a worldwide enduring peace that's going to break out on this planet. And we're all kind of doing our small part. In fact, right now I'm in New York City. Last night there was an amazing event uh, at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine celebrating Swami Satchidananda's 100th birthday. Now, he passed away quite a while ago, but he's one of the teachers that came to the West in the late 60s and early 70s to share the technology of yoga, meditation, healing arts. And, um, you know, so more than here, including several of the participants in the upcoming Bhakti Fest, myself, Krishna Das, and uh, it was an interfaith kirtan celebrating our, our unity, our oneness. And there were chants from six, seven different traditions. It was phenomenal. And uh, I would say that all 2,000 of us uh, went into a very blissful, beautiful place. That's exquisite. I mean, that, you know, I mean, that that uh, that church, I've been in New York City, and I've actually been in that um and that center is huge. I mean, 2,000 people, I can't even imagine what that would be like um, with the chanting just vibrating off the walls. It was, yeah, I mean, I, I, it exceeded everybody's expectation. I think the Integral Yoga people who produced the event were, you know, hoping to get six, 700 people, but it sold out, and they sold two, 300 standing room only. And then the fire, oh. the, uh, they had to put the lid on the thing because it was just, uh, you know, exceeding the uh, fire department's limit. But it just shows you that uh, so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide are now, you know, moving, uh, involved in the consciousness movement, you know, the whole mind-body-spirit movement so that we have a better planet. Well, and the music, what's interesting, what I really like about your music is the way it's described, and I'm just going to use it because I thought, well, I don't think I can come with a better description than what um, I have read. It's mind, heart, and guitar of world devotional music. But then the other way it was described is that um, Paloma Debbie deeply, um, it's very meditative, but unfolds, uh, the music unfolds like petals. That's the one part, but then it's full-on boxy rock and roll. Exactly, yeah. We, it ranges from kind of deeply meditative folk style mantra music, all the way to full-on, you know, uh, mantra, bhakti, rock and roll. And, uh, you know, I, I, of course, and and our band, which there's six of us, stands the generations. You know, Paloma Davies in her 20s, our drummers in his early 30s, our bass players in his 40s, our uh, um, 
multi-instrumentalist, uh, Hans Christian, and our rhythm guitar player in the 50s. And, and uh, you know, I'm the teenager in the band. And I'm 53. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how did this all start for you? Let, let's just hear, because you are the leader of the pack. You can feel it and everything and, and you know, and, and your instructions of the group. I mean, it's just so sweet. So... How did this path start for you? Was it starting with yoga, or do, were you a musician and found your way to yoga? Or we would love to hear your story. I think that was it. I in the from '68 to '72, I had a rock and roll band called Cat's Cradle, and uh, we were just on verge of making. We did a six-month tour with the Allman Brothers. We had a, a recording contract with Pierce Southern Music, which is very super reputable publishing company and recording company based in New York City. We had made this beautiful demo album and we were about to, you know, they were about to put a lot of money behind us, but I've also reached the point. I mean, we were doing what's called acid rock and we were really living up to that uh, genre. And from 68 to 72, I probably took 150 to 200 LSD trips point where I had an inner voice saying, Hey man, you better find an alternative way to feel uplifted or you're going to die. And uh, I had been inspired by George Harrison's journey with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. You know, he went to uh, India in 67, 68. The Beatles, uh, the rest of the Beatles came along as well and studied meditation and uh, also studied the sitar with Ravi Shankar. And when I first heard the song Norwegian Wood, uh, in which he played sitar, I was, like, struck by the sound of that instrument. I had no idea what it was. Of course, back then, there was no Internet. With three clicks today, you could figure out what it was. It took me three or four months to figure out what he was playing. But it was uh, those sounds that uh, inspired me. And then, 72, when I was going through my crisis of consciousness, I decided that, uh, you know, what I needed was uh, probably uh, some yoga, some meditation. I met a gentleman from India named Yogi Bhajan who was a master of Kundalini Yoga meditation. And he inspired me to, to give up drugs. And, uh, and, and, you know, I didn't want to leave my band, but, you know, he pointed out to me that, uh, you know, I needed to because it kept sucking me back into the bad habits. And he told me that whatever I left behind to walk on the spiritual path, would re-manifest in a higher form down the road. This was after 30 years of, uh, you know, really uh, hard work on myself with the yoga and the meditation. And, uh, you know, I practice a lot. of my daily practice includes a lot of, of the of, of, uh, 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 things from the Sikh tradition. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, in any event, around 2000, after, uh, after really leading Kirtan with the guitar and voice, for 30 years doing living room kirtans, doing kirtans in the community, in the ashram, I got the itch to get back, you know, on the circuit and to get out there and start sharing this. So I don't know if you've heard of a woman named Sanatam Kaur, but she's one of the most yes, well-known yes. Devo- devotional singers. So I kind of talked her into getting out of the, the bakery where she was working in Eugene, Oregon, like 27 at the time. And... Uh, 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 took her into the studio. We started making some beautiful recordings. And I toured with her for 11 years. And it went from playing 50 people in yoga centers to where we were playing for 3,000-plus people in theaters, then doing concerts for Oprah in Maui. And then 
subsequently, Sonata uh, uh, knew that I had this bug to kind of t- uh, get back in and do a rock and roll band with mantra music. Encouraged me to do that. And in 2000, fall of 2011, I started a, you know, a spiritual rock band called the Gurganesha Band, which has gone extraordinarily well. And um, we did a 27-concert tour in the fall with Dave Pamal and me, Ken, and we were playing in theaters for, I'd say, on the average, 1,000 to 1,500 people a night, and enthusiasm was phenomenal. So that's, that's, the, that's the thumbnail version of the last 40 years. Wow. So, um, with with the Sikh part, um, that is that is different than the Hindu part, yes. Yeah, I mean it's all very similar. I mean, Sikhism is something that manifested about 500 years ago in India, in northern India, and the and the gentleman who was uh, we call him the founder, although just like Jesus, he wasn't he wasn't intending to found a religion. I don't think any of these great teachers were intending to found a religion. But later on, people fell in love with the teachings and decided to formalize it a little bit. But uh, he, he was kind of like the Abraham Lincoln of India because he opposed the, caste, opposed the caste system. You know, that system where you're born into a certain strata of society and you're stuck. And he traveled all over India. He was born a Hindu. He traveled all over India with, uh, he was a musician as well, a singer, and, a, and he wrote divine poetry. He traveled India with a, um, on one side of me had a, a, a beautiful Hindu musician, on the other side of me had a beautiful Muslim musician. And he donned the garb that was a combination of both what Hindus and Muslims wore, and people were like confused. They said, are you a Hindu or a Muslim? And he said, well, I'm neither a Hindu, I'm neither, nor a Muslim, and, and I'm both. And he said where he, he preached oneness, that we're all one, and that uh, nobody is higher or lower than anybody else. And it's, it was, uh, you know, my teacher who came here from India came to teach Kundalini Yoga and meditation, happened to be of the Sikh religion. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity in 72 to sit and have dinner with him with a few people. And, you know, he wore a turban and a long beard and... I was fascinated by him, and he told me stories of Guru Nanak, and I then studied it on my own, and I ended up in a Sikh temple in Bethesda, Maryland, because there's many Sikhs from the Punjab and India who have kind of emigrated to the U.S., and Mm -hmm. I was struck. The music just opened my heart, and tears were pouring out of my eyes. Plus, in the temple, there was no preaching. It was all music, and I said, well, this is right up my alley. And I just ended up embracing, you know, I'm one of maybe 5,000 Westerners who embrace Sikhism. And I wear a turban and a beard just because it really resonated for me. I was kind of a late 60s hippie and wasn't into cutting my hair or beard anyway. And everybody was telling us to get a haircut back then. And he came and said, hey, hair is good. It conducts electromagnetic energy. It'll keep your aura strong, your magnetic field strong. And I said, well, I couldn't prove it, but... It certainly resonated with me when everybody else was telling us to get a haircut, you know. Funny. You know, I have a uh, a dear friend who is a Sikh, and I was so impressed with they have a separate prayer room in their home that they that is there, and they use it twice a day, sometimes more, for their devotional prayers. Yeah, and I, my wife and I, my wife also uh, was raised uh, Jewish. I was, my father was Jewish, my mother was Catholic, but we both are Westerners who embraced Sikhism in the early 70s, and 
we have a we have a special sacred space in our home as well. It's a very important part of the you know, Sikhs have a daily practice where we go in there and nothing happens in there except for chanting and singing divine poetry and we'll we'll do yoga in there, we'll meditate in there and it gathers beautiful vibrations after all these years. People who walk in that room immediately they feel a sacredness, you know. Yeah. I, I believe spaces collect energy, you know. Right, right. So I just have to ask, um, because Ganesha and you know, is one of my favorite people and it's funny, I I'm at a um Body Mind Spirit Expo in Chicago this weekend and I wanted wanted a um a Lakshmi um panel and of course there was not a Lakshmi panel but then what she found was Lakshmi, Ganesha and Saraswati. And she said, This is beautiful she said, because Ganesha will clear the way, Saraswati will bring the knowledge to you to have abundance from, from Lakshmi. And I thought, oh, boy, this is so interesting, you know, that I got all three in one panel, which made me very happy. But I thought, okay, the Guru Ganesha band. Ganesha, of course, as we both know, clears all obstacles um, or throws them up if you're on the wrong track. How did you decide this name for your band? Well, you know, it's so interesting. But um, as I mentioned, my father was uh, Russian Jewish ancestry. My mother was Irish Catholic. And, of course, they on both families, my father's side of the family wanted me to be Jewish. My mother's side of the family wanted me to be Catholic. My mother always said, son, when you're 18, you can choose your own path. But when I was 21, 22, I met Yogi Bhajan, and I fell in love with the Sikh path. I embraced Sikhism. And I noticed that the Sikhs all had really beautiful names that had spiritual meaning. So I asked them for a name. In 74, he gave me the name... Uh, Guru Ganesha. Now, of course, Ganesha is the elephant-headed son of Lord Shiva in Hindu mythology. So it's fascinating. Here I am, Jewish father, Catholic mother. I embrace Sikhism as a young man. I asked for a spiritual name from my Sikh spiritual guide, teacher, and he gives me a Hindu name. So there was a message there, and the message was, of universality. I love the name Guru Ganesha. I feel very blessed and honored to have been given that name by, by a, uh, you know, who man, a, a man who I really revere. He passed away 10 years ago, but he was my spiritual guide. And so when I started the band, I, you know, called the band Guru Ganesha Band. And it, it's not just necessarily named after me. But guru means wisdom. Ganesh, like you say, is the, is the god in Hindu mythology, the god of success and the remover of obstacles and the arranger of all your affairs. And since we started the band, I really feel like, uh, you know, the path has been really cleared. And, yeah. uh, and the door is just kind of open. I don't have to go out and knock my, you know, knock my head against walls trying to knock doors down anymore. Doors just seem to be opening up. So I think it was a very good uh, good idea to use the name Ganesh as the band's name. Oh, I think it's fabulous. And anyone who's like, well, what does that mean? They're going to go look it up. And, I mean, even Wikipedia has the name of your band now. <laughs> yeah, well, sweet. I, uh, Ganesh, I mean, the name Ganesh is also in Hindu mythology. Ganesh was a very playful god. You yes. know, he, he loved candy. He loved children. And he mm-hmm. travels around on this little mouse who, who drives him around everywhere, and he had a wonderful sense of humor, 
And so I, you know, and, and we have a very, when we perform, we have a very playful vibe. You know, uh, you know, there's a, a healthy mix of irreverence in there. We don't want it to be too uh, holier than thou, you know, because I think, you know, to me, God is very playful and fun, mm-hmm. and that it's our birthright to, to, to be happy and experience joy. It doesn't have to be super serious. I could not agree more. I think the, the whole word enlightenment means lighten up and feel the joy. And, you know, it's all here. It's all available. So, Yeah, this first track is very near and dear to my heart. It's called A Thousand Sons. And it's a title track to our the Gurganesh Band studio album of the same name, A Thousand Sons. And um, the words of... Yogi Bhajan, may the light of a thousand suns shine through, live the life of grace that you were meant to. And uh, when I first met Yogi Bhajan, he told us that in each of us, there's a light brighter than a thousand suns. And it really touched me. And uh, just, just, so it's all about the goodness and the light and the love that lives in each heart. I think you, you listeners will really enjoy this song.
got an email the other day from a woman who had just uh, said that she had played that song over and over again for eight hours. And because she was just coming off a really bad uh, relationship and she had a, felt she had a broken heart and she just couldn't find anything that would help her feel better and said she's been listening to this song nonstop and she's feeling a, a really powerful healing. So I, I was so touched. You never know when you, when you uh, record a song where it's going to go, but I, I was just so delighted to hear that it had been of some small service to this woman. So this next song is called Sunye, and I think if you guys, your listeners are going to really love this one because it's always our most popular song in our concerts. It's kind of a, a, a you know reggae-style rhythm with Paloma Davy singing uh, these, uh, this divine poetry written by Guru Nanak in Gurmukhi, and with me playing kind of Jerry Garcia-style electric guitar with a slight wah, uh, it's a really uh, unique combination of elements, and I think, I think you guys out there in Radio Land are going to really dig it. I just can't thank you enough, and I know that you you participated with you know David Pamal and Neaton in the twenty day twenty seven day mantra, 
they've offered free to people. And I mean, there's just so many blessings and there's so many YouTubes for you that you have, you know, lovingly, you know, put on YouTube for all of us to experience. And um, I just really want to thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for taking this time to be with us today. And um, I just look forward to sharing your music with all the listeners on Spirit Seeker. So thank you. And I want to encourage everybody to come to Bucky Fest Midwest. I mean, it's just a phenomenal opportunity to kind of be with some amazing human beings and uh, to celebrate our divinity and our, our loving awareness and consciousness. It's going to be a phenomenal gathering. I was there two years ago, and I, I, I had come straight from a wheelchair after fracturing my uh, knee and my ankle. And it, I didn't care what it took. I got there, and I know that part of the healing of that leg happened while I was in that chair. And I even did yoga as much as I could. I mean, there's yoga, there's um, there's meditation, there's breath work, there's the the kirtan stage goes from morning until night, and then there's a, a a group music thing afterwards where the musicians just come together and they create whatever is created. And I mean, it is just a beautiful experience. And once you reach Willow Island, you're there and you, there's no reason to, to leave. They have fabulous uh, vegetarian food vendors. It's just, it's just amazing. So and Cindy, it's absolutely the best medicine for a wounded heart. For anybody yeah. out there, you know, and to hearts get wounded in life. And this is the absolute best medicine. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful way to put it, Guru Ganesha, absolutely. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And enjoy all of your journeys until, you know, less than two weeks away. I mean, it's like here. <laughs> so. I'm so right. grateful, Cindy, so grateful to connect with you today. Oh, excuse me, my voice a little gone from last night, but I'm really grateful to you for inviting me to be with you for these 20 minutes. Okay. Well, it's special, very special to me. My heart is open. And namaste and, you know, many blessings. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Namaste, Cindy. See you soon. Okay. Have a beautiful day. Okay. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And as the intro said, this show is brought to you each and every week by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We've been published for 18 years and have been online for 16 of those 18 years. You can find us in Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, and now we have just added Seattle, Washington. So uh, we, are, we are also at conferences, Mind, Body, Spirit conferences all throughout the U.S. Um, if we're not there, the magazine's there being represented. And I'm just grateful for all of the angels all over who are supporting Spirit Seeker and helping us uh, be able to have have a far-reaching arm, shall we say, and, and far-reaching heart. So I just want to thank all the volunteers who helped us at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Chicago over the weekend. The Clairvoyant Center from Chicago uh, helped us on Sunday, and my 16-year-old son, Noah Reingold, helped me on Saturday, and I couldn't have done it without the young man. So, so thank you, um, listeners, and I, I just want to make one quick announcement, and then I'm bringing my guest on. If you want to be added to our email list, by all means, please 
please send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. We'll let you know about the weekly radio show. These are podcasts available for you to listen to at any time of the day, night, morning, whenever it's easy for you. We have over 400 archived and some uh, some amazingly brilliant interviews with you know, people doing really good work. And um, we will let you know when the magazine is online, who the different radio show guests are, and also Mind, Body, uh, Mind, Body Spirit events. Okay, I'm like all over with my voice tonight. Okay, so my guest tonight is Sunny Dawn Johnston, and I met Sunny in 2007 at a Celebrate Your Life conference in Chicago, and I remember thinking, oh boy, you know, she was, she was, you know, fabulous. The room was full, and uh, Sunny is known as a psychic medium. She has a gift for connecting with souls on the other side. She has an ability to um, help people find healing and connect with their departed loved ones and come to um, a place of peace and understanding uh, closure, you know, uh, is the word that I would use. And I just want to read a um, a quote from James von Prague about Sunny before I bring her on. James von Prague says, Sunny Dawn Johnson is a compassionate, caring light worker who opens up to the higher levels of spirit she brings healing and insights to all she works with and illuminates their souls to the higher truths of their beings so sunny please come on the call and welcome welcome thank you so much thanks for having me yeah you're a busy girl you have a book coming out you have a tv show starting you know you you before we even get to that i just want to know if you would share uh, your journey, like as a little girl, did you just know things? Or or how did this, this whole journey start with you knowing that you had this wonderful, amazing gift to cross between the worlds? You know, as a little girl, no. Um, I, I, knew, I knew I was different, but I didn't know what that really meant. Um, I just knew that I didn't think the same way as other people. I didn't really fit in. I, I just wasn't, you know, what maybe some people would call normal, I guess, and I knew that, but I didn't know how. Um, when I was 13 uh, is when I started realizing how, and that, you know, my, my first um, spiritual experience that, that I remember clearly um, was at the age of 13, I woke up in the middle of the night and rolled over and saw my guardian angel. And um, not only did I see her, but I felt her, and I felt this 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 wave of you know undescribable love and and peace and calm and and so when I woke up the next morning, you know I rolled over, I went back to sleep, and just as calm as could be, I didn't fly out of bed like some people would think you might. Um, it just felt so relaxing. When I woke up the next morning, I thought, okay, that was not normal what what was that when i went downstairs and asked my mom and told her what had happened she said you know sonny that was your guardian angel and 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 she went on to tell me that two hours earlier she had been in my room praying over me i was asleep um praying over me asking for god and the angels to to protect me and to keep me safe because she was worried about my emotional state and so what i realized that day was that i awoke to the manifestation of her prayer and that really is what started my journey because from that point on, I wanted to, I, I went really on a search, so to speak. I wanted to feel that way again. You know, I wanted to feel that, that peace and that serenity and that just calm because that was not my energy and it was not my nature. Um, and, and so that's what opened the doors. And then shortly after that, I started having experiences with other angels. I started seeing a ghost that lived in our house, that lived on the stairs, um, a variety of different 
woo, you know, people call woo-woo, especially back then in the 70s in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was quite, you know, I, I made some good, good choices before I came down as to where to learn some of this. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, was, it was really, um, I had a great opportunity to learn contrast, though, and, and, and that has helped me throughout my life um, as a psychic medium walking this journey that not everybody understands. And so at the time I didn't, I didn't like it and I didn't get it and I, I really didn't, just wanted to be normal, but, but now I'm really grateful for that opportunity and the experience and the journey. Well, and it is a journey, is it not? It's, it's you know, so many people think, you know, you, you have a destination in mind and then you get there and then it's finished, and it's, it, that's not the way the soul, work, uh, soul level work works, is it? <laughs> No, sure is, sure is not. <laughs> yes, I know. So, Sunny, as you as you've come along this path, and you know, and I know, you know, you you've just you know helped so many people. What are some of the most amazing moments that you you know just just a couple of small peeks into the the shifts that you've observed when you know you've just connected with their loved ones on the other side and been able to just totally transcend someone's grief or or, you know, whatever, to help them come to closure? You know, I, I think so often it's the things are so subtle. You know, I think as human beings we're looking for the great big, ta-da, you know, we're looking for that, that, that huge announcement, okay, I am here, you know, my loved one is here. And I, and I think it's so often in the subtleties, in the, in the, in the, in the casual conversations, in the, in the little reminders, um, is where oftentimes the biggest gifts are. You know, I've had so many experiences over the years. One of them, just as you were asking, that stood out to me um, one time was um, uh, a girl had come with her, um, wanting to connect with her um, with her dad, and her dad had passed just about a year and a half earlier. And um, when he came through, he and I, I didn't know anything about her, or I didn't know her at all. So she had come from referral. And so when he came through, he just kept saying, one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you. And he was referring to his wife. Um, and I said, I keep hearing this, one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you. And then as soon as I said that out loud, I saw um, a baby. And I saw a baby with him, and I saw a baby with her. And the girl just, you know, just started crying and said her sister, I think it was literally like a month after he died, her sister gave birth to twins. One died, one for him, one for her, and and so he was he was trying to say you know I I have the baby and the baby is okay and 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 so it was it it was such a opportunity for that family for closure and 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 to and to really I guess that would have been something he would say is what they said and so because he was so excited about these babies coming and then he didn't live to see them be born but he did live to see them because in the sense of when he passed he actually got to know both of them right and so it it was a really interesting perspective that that was really very very cool um i had another another experience 
Uh, and it's funny because I just, I just wrote a book about these, too, and so I have some of them kind of sitting fresh in my mind because I was trying to decide which ones do I put in the book. But I, I had another lady that came who had been married, I think, 60, like it was like 62 years or something. They'd been married a very long time. And so, obviously, they were like glued, and, and they had a very happy marriage. They were glued together. And when he passed, um, you know, he, he told her when he came through, he said, I know this isn't the way we agreed because she was supposed to go first. And this isn't the way we agreed. I, I, I changed the rules. And, and so, you know, she wasn't real happy with that. But he showed me this, this picture of himself in what looked like a gold coin. So it almost looked like a quarter, but it was his picture in the quarter. And, and there was a ring around the quarter, like a, a, a thicker ring around the quarter. And so I described this thing to her. I tried to draw it, which I'm a horrible artist, so it was terrible. Um, and she she took this thing out of her out from underneath her blouse, and it was her wedding ring. It was his wedding ring, and she'd had his image like gold plated um, etched onto this coin, uh, and was wearing it around her neck. And wow. it was such an incredible. And for me, even as a medium, although we have all kinds of things that come through, it was like, oh my god, that was really cool because it was such a different, unique. Um, item to have and he was so clear with it it's so fun as a medium when 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 the spirit world can come through very clearly and and that's not always the case you know oftentimes we 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 get pieces of a puzzle and and we don't know what the picture looks like so it's like trying to put a puzzle together without knowing what image you're trying to create um is often how i refer to it and so when when we have experiences like that where they're so clear and just so dead on it's so fun to be able to share that and and that lady just left like floating like okay all these experiences i've been really feeling him but i thought i was making it up in my head and then she's like no now i know that i'm not and he's right here with me and i'm okay now right you know it's just it's just so interesting you know how many people want to talk to the loved ones on the other side and and people you know we're not taught in our culture how to even say goodbye to a person so oftentimes you know I started as a nurse and you know back in back in the early 70s it was just you know the doctors the doctors were awkward with death and mm-hmm. you know and here were these people would be ready to die and no one would actually tell them it was kind of like they did every heroic heroic um, effort to keep them alive instead of giving them choices on how that would look and, you know, I think that, you know, when you look at the Long Island medium and you look at, you know, all the different fascination, you know, James von Prague show and, you know, more and more and Sylvia Brown and all the different people who have just really changed the way that people talk about death and their loved ones. And yes. and then here you are, you know, you, you, you have the show coming up. Let's hear about the show because I, I just think that – it's just a reflection of the consciousness of people right now saying there is more to just being here on planet Earth, you know? Like, yeah. Like, this is like a, a, a soul progression thing that's going on. But, but let's hear about your show and, 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 you know, go ahead. Let's go. Well, it's very exciting because um, all of those people that you just shared, uh, you know, John Edwards and James Van Prague and all of yep. these people have really paved the way for this to be a conversation, for us to even be talking about this on the radio, um, you know, is, is remarkable. And you having a magazine 18 years ago um, I think is amazing that, that those types of things now in the media and mainstream television we have shows that people are not only 
that are on, but that people are watching and are making popular. And it's such a, a beautiful thing because, you know, for so many of us, uh, and I'm sure you probably fit in here somewhere, uh, growing up, we didn't have those same opportunities. We didn't have the same um, society around us. We didn't have the same conversations or, or be able to even openly talk about some of this. Um, and, and so that's what's wonderful. So that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about the TV show is because, again, it, it, it creates an opportunity for conversation. So this show is called um, A Seance With, and each week it will um, have a different celebrity. And me being the host of the show, what, what I get to do is I get to connect with a celebrity and two of their friends and or family members and help them um, connect with those that have passed over. Um, and, and in a variety of different ways, depending on the way those spirits come to me and or through me. And so, um, you know, this is, the, the, the show airs on um, Saturday, the 14th, at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 Eastern Time. And um, it's what they're calling a special, uh, which oftentimes we used to call a pilot. And so it really is about viewership. They're putting it out there and saying, okay, who wants more shows like this? And it's on Lifetime Movie Network which has um, already got some of that type of programming on it. And it, it's really giving us an opportunity to help people, and, and, and my purpose in, in, in being a part of the show is to help people understand that, yes, we as mediums and psychics, we do this work on a daily basis, but if you have a heart connection, a love connection with someone who has passed away, you have the ability to connect with them just like we do. You might need some tools. You might need to learn how to understand it. But you do have the ability to do that because we are spirit embodied and we are all connected. And, and so my hope in this show is not only to create some closure and some, some, give some answers to the celebrity and their friends, but also to teach the audience and, and to give them some tools and some tips and techniques techniques to be able to understand the signs that the spirit world is giving us that maybe we're just missing or not paying attention to or or unaware of even yeah i think i think you know everyone processes so differently you know we can talk about um you know clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentient clairgustience you know there's just so many different ways that the angels and guides try and talk to us and yes. it's not cookie cutter you know some people hear words to songs and you know and all of a sudden it's like you know bam they just got a message you know so exactly. why don't we talk about that because you know it's not all the same it isn't all the same you know for me um, I, I, when I finally started to embrace this, it took me a long time to embrace it. Um, I'm clairsentient is my strongest attribute, and so I'm a feeler, and I, I've been a feeler all of my life, and, and the majority of that time, it didn't feel good to be a feeler. You know, it, it was, I, I picked up the crap, the heaviness, the density, the sadness, the physical pain, the emotional pain. It wasn't fun. And so I, I really pushed against it for a long time because it was just so uncomfortable. And when I finally embraced it and recognized that I've got to embrace this gift because it's here, you know, it's not going anywhere. It is here, and I've got to find a way to wrap my head around it and be okay with it because otherwise I'm just going to be miserable. Um, and, so, and, and so what I found is that when I did that and then I started stepping into not just the psychic work and intuitive work but the mediumship work, which is another part that I didn't want to do because I didn't want to be having to connect with death all the time. It wasn't right. fun. It didn't feel comfortable to me. It was, it was a sad experience. Um, but when I stepped into it, what I realized it's such a beautiful opportunity 
for healing and for closure. And, and so for me, when I do my readings, every single time with every single person, both physical and in spirit, it's different. Sometimes I see images. Sometimes I smell scent. Sometimes I feel things in my body. Sometimes I feel things outside of my body. Sometimes I hear words or songs or messages. Sometimes I see a TV show going on in my head. Sometimes I see the exact image, and sometimes the people show up standing right in front of me. And there's never, it, there's always, it, it's always changing and shifting based on the energies and vibrations around me. And at first, I hated that because I'm like, gosh, couldn't there just be one way and I could just count on that one way and it would always be that way and it would be so much easier. And then Spirit said, Sonny, it's not about easy. It isn't about easy. It's about being able to express it in a way that, that those people can hear. And it's about their healing, not about you. So, you know, kind of get over yourself and, 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 right. and then we can get on with it. And I was like, oh, well, let me put it that way, you know. Um, yeah. And, and so it, it really is. It's very different for many people. It's still different for me every time. And, and now I appreciate that because it's interesting. It makes it interesting. And, it's, and, and I don't ever know. You know, I don't ever know how they're going to come through and, and or if they're going to come through because not always do they. Right. Right. I mean, you know, and, and we both have seen James von Prague. I mean, he's in a room with, you know, several hundred people, and he'll say, okay, okay, I have a message from Mary, and I think it's from over in that section, you know, and then, you know, you'll see someone's hands go up, and you just think, oh, my gosh. And you know he's not only getting the messages, he's seeing, like, the person they're connected with. It, it's like it's so many, so many different senses at once. And, and he always laughs, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. and then when he does the meditations and, you know, takes you, like, through the chakras and everything else. I mean, I studied with him on a – I've studied with um, – I've had the great fortune uh, to spend a whole day with a pre-conference at Celebrate Your Life with several of their, their wonderful speakers. And he had us within the first hour, I'm not exaggerating, doing body scanning, body reading, you know, letting people know that, you know, you too can do some of this if you'll just yeah. get out of your head and, you know, go into your other senses. Absolutely, and, and that, that is really what's important to me, and, and I think my message also is uh, I, I think it's fabulous that there's, there's so many of us that are out in the world that can help people along their journey and, 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 and help them hear some of the answers and feel some of the answers. But bigger than that for me, and more importantly than that for me, is being able to teach people how they can do it for themselves. Because I really do believe if we can, if we can, that everybody has the opportunity, everybody has that ability because we're all spirit embodied. But that oftentimes we need some support, we need some experience, we need some understanding around it, and then we can really have that connection ourselves because it's already there. It's already there. We just have to learn to listen. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's so interesting, you know, the fifth spirit, not the fifth spiritual, but the spiritualists, you know, that have been on, on the earth plane um, and the in these old, old churches in Camp, uh, what is it, Lilydale in New York and, you know, all of that. But my first experience with a um, spiritualist situation like that was Camp Chesterfield. And all these psychics, mediums, uh, live on campus and they have their books out on their front porches and you go and sign up for your reading in these books and then they read with billets um and that was my first experience with billets and um there is a point on this i'll look at there in just a moment and so here's a person blindfolded 
holding a piece of paper with your question on it, you know, who you want to make contact with, and all of a sudden they're saying, you know, they're delivering this complete message blindfolded, and, and you think, how in the world can this be? How can this be, like, you know, but it's just the way it is. And and if you had not, like, overcome your sensitivity where you felt everything and found a way to lift lift it up and, and come into the the happy part of it, I mean, let me just think, you know, you you had to grow and totally evolve in order to do this work. Absolutely, and and that was the message, you know, of spirit is, you know, it's time to get over yourself and 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 really get into what what you know is the value in it, and 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 for me it was, you know, I had to learn how to be able to maintain my own energy, and 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 some people use the word protect, protect my own energy, maintain my own energy, because I was such a, a sponge, I was such an absorber of everybody else's stuff, you know, I was kind of nosy. I'm like taking a little bit of everybody's. And I didn't know how to walk the world any differently than that. You know, I, I didn't know how to not feel each person's pain that I was sitting next to or sitting across from or even, you know, the way I even figured it out. I, I knew that I, like, there were certain people that after they left I would feel more upset or more irritated or I'd talk on the phone and I'd be like, Ugh, and I, I didn't know I didn't know I was doing that until the way I discovered it that, that was crystal clear for me, um, I went to a movie, and my husband and I were in a movie theater. This was probably 20 years ago. And <clears throat> we had sat down. We were, very, we were late, so we, it was already dark, and so we sat down, and, and, and we were um, like a seat away from a woman and, and two, two women. And so about 20 minutes into the movie, my hip and my leg, my left hip and ha- leg, just started throbbing like the whole movie, to, to a point where it was ir- very, very irritating, okay? And I was 23, and I had no hip or leg issues. And so I'm like, I, it was so distracting during the whole movie. And when I got, when the movie got out and the lights went up, this woman got her walker that was sitting next to me, um, lifted her walker up off the ground to be able to get up, and you could tell that, she, that her hip and her, and her leg were off. She had problems with it, and using a walker to be able to walk. And I thought, oh, my God, I was fine before I walked in here, and now I'm feeling all of her pain. And that was where I thought, okay, i got to do something different because this is not going to work for me. Right, right. It's too hard on the body. Yeah. And I really don't but, think I would be physically, I don't think I'd be alive. With, with, the, with the kind of work I do, you know, I work with parents of murdered children and I, uh, organization, and I work with um, Find Me, which we work on missing persons cases, and my regular clientele of people that, you know, it's, there's always challenge and, 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 and pain and things like that. I literally don't think my, my sensitive body could have held all of the energy had I not learned how to be able to observe the energy instead of absorb the energy. And and for me, that was learning how to call in Archangel Michael and ask Michael to surround me and protect me so that I don't take on the energy of other people. Um, but it was a it, it took me 15 years to get it and to get it really clear. I, I I had tried it and in and out and once in a while, and then I realized, gosh, this is something you got to be consistent with, Sunny. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you have one little crack where your consciousness is, you know, lowered and all of a sudden there you are exhausted. Where, you know, whereas when you're tuned in and you keep your energy clear, it's a whole different whole whole different ball game, shall we say. Yeah. You know, absolutely. but and 
And I remember as a nurse, I'll never forget, there's this one gal who was a nurse with me, and she had been a nun for years in a silent order. And her next, um, she, was, she, she was in line to be Mother Superior, and she didn't get it. And she's, I don't know, something just clicked inside her, and she said, I think I'm finished with this. So here she is. Then she's a, a nurse, but she had the whole nun energy about, you know, and especially a contemplative silent order. So she was very aware. And I remember one time she said, you know, everyone can have an empty bucket, but it's your job within 24 hours maximum to fill that bucket. It's no one else's job. It's your job to find a way to replenish and get back to being snappy and happy, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, so many people that do this work don't understand that part of it, you yeah. know, that you have to. And um, so, Sonny, I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I know. I, it's, yep. it's Fill it up. That's right. Fill it up. <laughs> you got it. So, so let's talk about your new book. You get you we can um, we can pre-order it and you can. let's just hear how how this evolved and what we will find in your new book. Well, interestingly enough, uh, as the TV show has been in process, <laughs> so has this new book. And and the book is called The Love Never Ends: Messages from the Other Side. It's certainly available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and of course my my website as well. And it's um, it's due out October first, and it's really a book about finding a way to walk the journey of transition and or if you've already had somebody transition, um, walking the journey with hope and with joy and with love in our hearts, even through the, the difficulties, even through the suicides, even through the disease, even through the accidents, to be able to see a, a, a greater picture and to not step into the fear of it but instead step into the love of it. And, and, and so we talk about pets and we talk about children and we talk about suicide and all different kinds of stories to give people some, a, a different perspective. And then how, how to walk through our mourning and walk through our, our grief from a place of love instead of a place of fear. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, two hours before our radio show, um, I was with my dear friend who is my musician, so if you saw me at Celebrate Your Life, you probably saw her as well, um, Chris, uh, as, as her dog transitioned. And so just today we were having an experience of, of, of walking that talk, walking that truth, coming into a place of recognizing that, the, that this soul, it's time for the spirit to, to go back home and to leave the body, and how can we walk this with, with the highest amount of, of love and joy and integrity and still honor the human aspect of us that's sad and pissed and, and doesn't want to let go. Right. Right. So many people just, you know, they don't understand that. I mean, it, it just helped me when, I, when it was explained that sadness, depression is sadness turned inward and anger yeah. is sadness turned outward. It's, if you scrape away the anger, you know, you can, almost always can say, okay, I know this person's angry or you're feeling angry, but what are you really sad about? It's like, it's so, and it's like such a wide, like most people don't, don't get that it's still, it's a deep loss of some kind or something didn't go the way we thought. And, um, you know, so, so I think it's beautiful that you're able to help people understand, you know, how to work through it. Yes, feel it, but don't hang out there too long, you know, just, just let it, you know, and I think that's where, when you were talking about, you know, you know, being being able to walk and do this work, but not 
in it. Like, you know, I, I remember the word detachment or discernment. <clears throat> I worked with discernment for over a year mm-hmm. at one point because mm-hmm. one of my psychic gifts opened, I thought I was judging people. I would know things, and I'd think, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that is not a loving thought. But right. really, I would just know, know things. And so I worked mm-hmm. with that discernment word. I put it everywhere so that I could... Like not feel guilty about seeing things, right? Right. Know, well, because you don't you know always I mean. know. It's hard in that discernment. It's hard to know if it is your projection or your judgment, right. or if it's just an observation of. Right. And and so it takes practice. It's that you know. It's one of the things I say. That's one thing we can't teach as, as teachers and and helpers and guides. We can't teach people discernment. That's that's experiential. You have to experience it yourself. Right. So, Sunny, I am on your website right now, and listeners, I want to uh, give you this website. It's Sunny Dawn Johnston, which is S-U-N-N-Y-D-A-W-N-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. And I just love that you have premiere of a seance. Uh, you have four hours, 24 minutes, and four seconds. Uh-huh. Not four hours, four yeah, days. Yeah, it's four days. coming, I'm sorry, isn't it? <laughs> Four to four days, 23 minutes and 56 seconds. So how can we support um, watching the show? Tell us what we need to do so that we can make sure that this show is a hit and continues. Well, you know, what we really need is we, we need people just spreading the word. Um, social media, Twitter, Facebook, I'm on all of those. Um, and sharing it with your friends and sharing the, 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 the show with your friends. There's clips on um, Lifetime Movie Network. So it's on Lifetime Movie Network. That's different than Lifetime. So it's LMN. It's a different channel than just Lifetime. They're owned by the same company, but they're different channels. Um, so Lifetime Movie Network, there's clips about the show on there. There's some on my website as well. Um, and So you can pull those off on my Facebook page. And so what we're wanting to do is just spread the word, tell everybody. You know, we're asking people to have viewing parties and, and invite all of their friends. But before their friends come, make sure they turn on their TVs, they set their DVRs so that the TVs are on all over the country um, watching this show because that really is the, the message that we need to send to, to the media is that we want more of this, more of these kinds of shows. And, and so the, the, the programming can, you know, can, can make a shift. And, 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 and again, I think that you know, I, I, it, it's a show that I'm doing, but I think it's one that so many of us um, can put our, could, could step into, meaning that you can have the experience with us and you can learn from it. You can use your own intuition during the show to be able to tune in and see if, if you're picking up the same things and if some of the things that you pick up come out in the show. I think it's really, that's a really exciting piece. Yeah. Okay. So, listeners, you heard that, and you can find Sunny Don Johnson on Facebook. Um, you have a Twitter account. Um, are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. We have actually we have a page. Um, it's sunnydonjohnston.com forward slash a seance with. Um, and if you go to that 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 um, page, there's my blog. There's some behind the scenes videos. And there's a page called Spread the Word. And on there, there's some Twitter posts. There's some images you can use if you want to post it on your Facebook. You can watch the, 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 um, the clips, the, the TV clips, so that you can see what the show's about. The star of, um, of the uh, show that's airing on Saturday is Lisa Rinna. 
And Lisa Rinna is, you know, Celebrity Apprentice, Melrose Place, Days of Our Lives, Soap Talk, um, Dancing with the Stars. She's on lots of Lifetime movies and things like that. I knew her from Billy on Days of Our Lives 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Oh, my God, 30 years ago. All of a sudden, that just snuck up. Oh, I know. Isn't it funny? It's just like, where does the time go when you're having so much fun? It's just, you know, I know, I know. You know, I mean, and, you know, I'm I'm going to be 59 in a couple of weeks, and my youngest one was born when I was 42, and he just looks at me and he says, I forget that you're that old, and I'm like, okay, knock it off. Just knock it off. When, I was, when he was younger, he would say, Mom, if I would forget to color my hair, you know, because my, in my family, the women turn gray in their 30s, and so he'd be like, Mom, you need to do something with your hair I don't want you to look like my grandma and I mean and then now his friends you know are all like their parents are normal age and they're like what do you mean you're 59 and I'm like okay knock it off just knock, knock it off it's well, that, no age yeah and that's amazing for that that's I just turned 43 so I could not even <laughs> imagine <laughs> I could not even imagine a newborn uh, not no. even in my wildest dreams well, so and that's time, remarkable was, for you. Well, I was teaching and traveling all <laughs> over. I was like, and I, that child went to Alaska and with me twice. You know, I was there on the summer solstice, and then I was there for the Northern Lights, and I was teaching in Sedona. I was just, I was on a fast track everywhere. With the last trip was swimming with dolphins, and I'll never forget this. And I, I know you'll get it. I, I somehow there was a test missed. That you know, and since I was older, it should have been done, but it just didn't happen at the at the time. It was missed, and so I the last uh, the last spot that we were in the water, I called in the dolphins and I said, okay, if there's anything with this child that needs to be shifted or or whatever, just please mm-hmm. scan and do the tweaking now, so all is okay. And I kid you not, Sonny, they came. They were in on four points: north, south, east, west, and there they were. The it was I never ever had seen anything like it but they were the four points and this gal that was there on her 70th birthday it was a birthday present from her daughter just held on to me and we both just like cried I mean the joy and the love and I just knew in that holy instant everything would be okay which it was yep. you know but yep. you know you don't know you know and you trust no and you just you know but what a beautiful um, story uh, I look back. I mean, he's a Sagittarius. He loves to travel. So um, that's just, he was, he got the womb experience and it's been nonstop since. Mm-hmm. But we do have, we do have a, um, a Trish from Connecticut who would like a, uh, a mini reading tonight. So okay. we're going to go ahead and bring her on at this time. Trish, are you there? I am enjoying the Hi, show. Trish. Thank you. Okay, thank Hi. you. And what is your question for Sunny this evening? Well, Sunny, um, should I? I didn't know if I should just let you speak or um, ask well, you, if a you question. Have a question yeah, if you have a question, go ahead and ask the question, darling. And if you'll give me your birth date, just the day and the the month and day. Sure. The month is nine. The day is eighteen. And my question is around um, a real estate dispute. Okay. Um, are you in? Are you in court? Yes. Okay. Um, is there some kind of date within the next three weeks coming up, something that's specifically supposed to happen within the next three weeks by the end of June? Uh, I believe the judge is going to make a ruling then. Okay. It feels favorable to me. Okay. Great. Yeah, it feel, I, I get a positive sign and I see the number seven. And usually when I see the number seven, it's symbolic of, of positive, favorable luck. So um, I, I would say that it's a favorable um, a favorable result in your, for you. Okay, so you see my house actually being built. 
I feel like whatever the court thing is, I, I almost feel like it's something that either holds something back or, or, or so what, what is it that, that you had, the court was to allow if you could build or not? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like it's favorable. I think you're going to be able to do it. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. Oh, uh, you're very I, welcome, darling. Very welcome. Like so, to, can I just stay at listen? I, and listen oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Absolutely. And I want to mention um, th- this show is available. The minute it is finished, because it is a podcast, it is available to be downloaded. So share this show. Share the links for Sunny's, you know, Sunday debut with her new show. And, you know, just get the word out. And you can take the link and just take the and forward it to all the social media. But, um, okay, so, Sunny, awesome. uh, what else? I mean, I know you're traveling. You're going to be in Chicago in August. Where else are you going in the next um um, yeah, I'll be in Chicago in August at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo. Uh, I will be in um, Fargo, North Dakota at the end of um, July, July 30th, I think. And then I'm doing a retreat in northern Minnesota um, for a four-day, four-day, three-night retreat up there um, on a lake. I don't know. There's lots of them, so one of them. Uh, we're we're going to be in... Um, Indiana in October. I'll be doing a, a hospice fundraiser in Sedona in um, in October, and um, I'll be back in Minneapolis again in November, um, speaking at, at an event there and doing a, a post conference on my book on the love never ends, and so some mediumship and and helping people transition through loss. Um, so we've got you some know, travel. We'll probably do some travel around the book. I, I haven't. The TV show's kind of taken my attention right now, so I haven't been able to focus that far ahead yet. But um, certainly, we did a, a living room book tour when my first book came out, and traveled the country and did 111 events in 11 months. So um, oh we're not going to go that crazy, but we'll be doing something. <laughs> Well, and how fabulous is it that you're working with hospice? I mean, you know, I, uh, in 1970, I was fascinated, or not 1970, but it was right around there in the early 70s. I was, I was a nurse, and I was fascinated with hospice. Read yeah. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and everything else, and then wrote a paper on it. And, you know, it comes from France, and it was a, a way to keep people in their homes to instead of hospitals, the hospice, you know, make it hospitable to, to die. And, you know, so many people now that are helping people cross over are more aware of the work that mediums can do to help. Absolutely. You know, and, and I got into hospice, interestingly enough, the reason that I decided I wanted to, to be a part of hospice was because of some of the mediumship I had and because I had just had an experience with um, – my ex-mother-in-law, and I was the only one that was with her when she transitioned. And it was by far, I think, the most sacred experience I've had in my life to this date, Um, even the birth of my children. And because it was so sacred and and so special, um, I wanted to, selfishly, I wanted to experience it again, and and I felt like if I can if I can hold the space for someone because so so many people struggle with death that I I might be able to help support them, and then I would understand all aspects of the death process, not only the 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 the, the beginning um, um, pieces, you know, people being diagnosed and things like that as a, as a spiritual counselor, um, but then the transition process, and then the holding the space for other people, and then being able to connect and communicate with them afterwards. So 
I, I love Tosca's, and I was a volunteer for, for a few years, and then my, my, my business got to be a point where it got too big, and so I really only did hospice work then with, you know, clients that were passing away, and when somebody would call me and, and, and say, you know, I've got um, one of your clients or a friend of mine is, is transitioning, and then I'd go and, and work with them and do some energy work and, and help them to transition, but it's such a – I so honor people who can who can really do that kind of work because it's not it's not for everyone you know I remember when I first told people I was doing hospice training they're like are you kidding like what's wrong with you you want to go and be with people when they die like what are you sick and I thought right. well what do you mean I'm it's like the most sacred thing that you could ever do you just you gotta you gotta try it and people were like okay there's something really wrong with you now. And so, but see, but see, Sonny, that's how you were as a child. You were tuned into a different frequency, you know. Absolutely. And, and you're not afraid. You're not, you know, when you're working the light at the level that you are working, it's like there is no, it's all one and the same. You're just, yeah. it's all the world's merge. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, 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 and that doesn't mean that as the human being, Sonny, that I don't have my experiences or moments of, sadness you know I had a friend that committed suicide two years ago and and that was very challenging to walk and at the same time as it was challenging because of the human aspect of me the spiritual part of me really took over and and was able to walk with with through that journey with with grace and with understanding and with compassion for the family members that were struggling so deeply on on so many levels with it um and and so I think that there's that fine line between, you know, not separating to a point and, and, and detaching so, so to a point that we don't feel our feelings and also but being able to recognize that we, we need to feel our feelings, but that, 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 it, that isn't, it isn't real. You know, the loss isn't real. Right, right. And, I remember and that's going to a- we have to remember. Yeah. After my mom crossed over, I remember going to this fifth spiritualist church in St. Louis, and there was um, one of the ladies from Florida, I forget her name, but she did table tipping. And, you know, where you chase the table. <laughs> so, I have never you know, done that or uh, seen that in my life. Uh, never. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I want to do it sometime. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, I'll connect you with my friend Beatrix Quintana. <laughs> she still does it. At any rate, so that was my first experience. But then here it was after my mom died. This this lady makes contact with my mom, and we're chasing the table. And, and I just remember her saying to me, and it made perfect sense. She said, the reason people feel so much sadness or loss after someone crosses over is because they're so overwhelmed with the love. Their hearts are so overwhelmed with the love. And that's why I love the title of your book. It's like, it's all about love. It's it like, is. yeah. And it the is. heart chakra. It's all about love. And, you know, the grief spot in the body is right behind the heart and lungs. So I remember when I was studying Qigong, uh, my teacher said, if you are, you know, in, you know, your partner or someone can't sleep, you know, just put your hand on their back, you know, between their, their shoulder blades right behind their heart and lungs. And oftentimes just that small little touch will ease whatever is causing them to be restless. And then they can go right into, you know, a more relaxed state, like when your guardian angel showed up, you know, and mm-hmm. you weren't afraid. You were just like, wow, what was that? That was kind of right. nice, you know. So, Well, one oh of the things gosh. that I learned, um, and this may be valuable for some of the listeners, um, I learned in hospice training, and I, I, I've been doing this um, ever since with, with clients and people that are struggling during transition is, um, in hospice, we learned a technique where you you would put you would basically um, 
become one breath, and it's called the infinity breath. So you would you would watch their breathing, and then you would breathe the opposite of what they would breathe. And this especially works with the death rattle. And so when they're having their very deep breath in, then you would breathe out. And then you would follow their breath, and then eventually they would follow your breath and be able to – you could pull them out of the death rattle. And it could get very – it would get in sync. Your breath would get into sync. Well, when we were doing this exercise in the hospice training, and I took hospice training three times because I loved it um, – we were doing this exercise, and I had a—I uh, nearly died when I was a teenager. I had a baby at 18, and when I—I um, I had a stroke when I was in labor. And after um, I had him, I, I had 106.3 degree temperature for three weeks, and and literally nearly died. Spent most of that time out of my body. And when the doctors came in and told me that I needed to sign my rights away to my son because they didn't think I was going to live, something else took over. And, and in my experience, Archangel Raphael came to me and literally did that exact breath that I learned 15 years later, started breathing life into my body. And, and we got, I, I had this, it was as if somebody was breathing this life energy into my body. And so when I did that infinity breath, and it, it, was, I, it was 10 years after that experience with, with my, own, um, my own physical body, it was such a... Um, a healing uh, to not only to myself, but became such a healing to people it, that I was working with in hospice that I started doing that as an exercise just in classes with each other, you know, putting one hand on our heart and holding the other hand and wow. then getting into sync in each other's breath and letting that healing energy move through us. And it is amazing. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That that will help so many people just right there. I mean, the breath is the first thing we do after, mm-hmm. you know, we come into the world and it's the last thing we do when we're leaving. And to have that synchronistic breathing and that love because it yeah. opens it opens the whole heart. Okay, well, we have two more people who would like short, short, short readings, and we're almost uh, at the end of our show. So okay. Jen, from, Jen uh, from Missouri, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, and what is your question this evening for Sunny? Hi, Sunny. Um, I actually live in Missouri, and I have signed um, a reality show thing too, just like um, like a lot of people do. And the the idea came from a friend of mine, and they liked it. And he's been in the industry for a while, not big time, but a little bit. So my my question is, do you see it happening? I'm giving your birth date, Jen. Uh, 720? Um, it, it feels to me like there's, like, either there's some kind of a change, like they want to make adjustments or make changes or, or um, tweak things, and I feel like the, that you need to be really strong in the way that you want the show to be. So I almost feel like um, this is going to be a test of you standing your ground and saying, okay, you, you know, it, it's with Hollywood, so that you can give a little and take a little. There's, there's that aspect, absolutely. But I feel like for it to move forward, you're going to have to really stand your ground or they're just going to they're gonna want to change, change it to a point that it's not recognizable in the way that you actually wanted it. Do you understand that? I do because um, the way that they had explained how they wanted it, I don't agree with. And so yeah, and I, I really feel like you need to but... hold your ground with it. Um, and so if you can hold your ground with it, whether it's that somebody else 
comes around, then I think that you have a, a much better chance of it actually moving forward. But right now, it's it's almost like you you've got to stick with with the vision that you that you're holding. Yeah, because I'm kind of even wondering if it's going to change producers. I mean, it, I like it, this one, but mm-hmm. it, it very well may. So you hold your ground. Don't let yourself get talked into something that doesn't feel right to you, and that's going to be your best option, my dear. Thank you, Sunny. Yep, you bet, darling. Okay. Bye. All right. And now we're going to go to Jackie in St. Louis. Jackie, are you there? I am. Thank you. Okay. okay. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Sunny. Hi, Jackie. Yes. How are you? I'm great. Good. Um, this is a typical question. I'm sure you hear from a lot of single young women, but where, how, how, whichever you want to answer, am I going to meet that special man in my life? Um, give me your birth date, honey. July 11th. Um, well, so I see October stands out to me very clearly. Um, I see pumpkins. So I guess it could be November, too, but I see pumpkins. So that almost always is, is showing me timing. Um, so October, November, it feels like. And I want you to quit thinking about the how. Um, you're way too much in your head about it, almost trying to make things happen. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to get into how you want to feel. I want you to attract it from a feeling vibrational space. How do I want to feel in the relationship? I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel like I have a companion. I want to feel like I have someone to share my life with. Bring in the feelings of things. I think this is through someone else. So it's through a, I don't think that the mutual friend knows this person, but they know somebody that knows this person. So it's almost like you're hanging out with somebody. You go somewhere and then there's a, a meeting like, oh, that's Sal, and then and, and you meet that way. So it feels like it's through someone else. Um, October, November, which gives you <laughs> three or four months to get really clear about what you want, really clear about what you don't want, and then bring the feelings in of the things you want. You're spending too much time in your head, which is actually attracting to you more of the things you don't want because you're afraid you're not going to find them. Okay. Thank you. Okay, well, Thank okay. you for calling, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, so listeners, we are all, the, 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 we, we're at the two hour, and all of a sudden, when two hours hits, all, off we go. So I want to thank Sunny Dawn Johnson as my guest this evening, and I want to mention her website: s u n n y d a w n j o h n s t o n dot com. Sunny. Thank you from my heart to yours. Thank you for doing all that you're doing and being as brave and bold as you are. You're, oh, you're, thank you so much. Thanks for having yeah. me, my dear. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Good night, everyone, and have a fabulous week, and we'll be back next week. Be sure and share this show and send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com. Ask to be added to our Secret email list, and we'll let you know about our radio shows, when the magazine's online, and about all the different wonderful events happening throughout the U.S. We are so fortunate to be living in these times. Okay. Namaste. Thank you, everyone. Good night.